0: Good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Eleven Pieces of Me, uh, the show where we have guests on to take a trip down memory lane to talk about their favourite players growing up. Doesn't always have to be the best players, just the favourite players who have gave them memories and moments that they look fondly upon in the past. Um, I'm your host, Ali, and joining me is my tag team partner from the Weekend Review Show again. Dave, how are we, sir?
2: I'm very well, thank you. Are we, the, are we the New Age Outlaws or the Acolytes? I'd say New Age Outlaws, but I think yeah, Ross, the depends <laughs> to the Billy Gunn reference. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, we, have a, we have a first for 11 Pieces of Me. We have a guest who actually reached out. Um, I put the tweet out on Twitter. Um, and it's someone who, for the first time, it's not somebody we've known or from the Man Circle. So um, we had uh, Steve, Steve Plunky, is it, on Twitter, I think? Um, Steve Plunk. Steve Plunk, that's it. He's just launched a, a brand new Liverpool podcast, Red Sky Pods. Um, so, everybody go and give that a follow on Twitter and keep an eye out for all the live stuff. Um, Steve has seen all six Champions League wins for Liverpool and, like myself, has survived uh, the Roy Hodgson year.
1: Steve, thanks for coming on. How are we doing? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've still got an opportunity to, to not reach out to you, Mary. Um, my team is full of stars, but before we start, because those are the players that brought me joy. Um, it's an interesting team, and, and, and hopefully, as we go through it, um, you guys will enjoy it too.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure we will. Um, so, right, well, let's just we'll
1: get started on it right away. What formation have you picked, Steve? So I picked a four-three-one-two. So it's an attacking formation, uh, and it's been I've recruited well for that attacking formation as well. You. You'll see the method of my thinking when, when it unfolds. You can tell
0: the manager coming at you there when it's a four-three-one-two, not four-three-three, three, not four-one-two, just uh, more tactical here. Right, I tell you what, let's kick us off right away then. Who, um, who who's your goalkeeper for this one?
1: So I, I toyed between two, and they're both ex-Liverpool goalkeepers. Uh, I think goalkeepers are a madcap bunch anyway. This one's probably the maddest of them all. Um, his antics on, on and off the pitch in terms of uh, the, the clown attitude are well documented. And it's Bruce Grobler. And I think alongside the, the, the wobbly knees in Rome and the, and the handstands at Wembley, we often forget that Bruce Grobler was a decent goalkeeper as well. You cast your mind back to the FA Cup final and the Graham and sharp header and the ground he makes up to tip that one over the bar. That, that, that's a pivotal moment in that game for me. If he doesn't make that, Everton probably go on and win the Cup, to be fair. So um, a lot a lot of people overlook his ability. Very, very agile. Played football for the fun of it. And that was very, very evident. I mean, having served in the Rhodesian army and seen the things he'd seen, football must have been a breeze for him, to be fair. I just liked his, his energy and his attitude and his enthusiasm.
0: Um, yeah, I, I think I kind of expected this one for yourself if you're going to go at Liverpool goalkeeper. Obviously, just being that slightly, slight bit older than me, seen, seen more of the team. Um, for me, Grobbler, I've seen lots of videos, you know, as you say, the wobbly legs moments, the, the highlights of the, the cup final on YouTube. But I, I can't really remember much of it. I've definitely seen him play live. I can't really remember many moments for me. Definitely a better goalkeeper than he's probably remembered for and and probably should get more praise, especially from Liverpool fans, um, than he gets. Obviously, we've had some great goalkeepers since as well um, who have gave us great moments and and finals and that as well. So maybe that's the only reason he's probably not looked upon as fondly enough. Um, But no, yeah, just just such a character. Um, I mean, Liverpool were full of them during that era, but... Yeah, he always stands out. I mean, are for you, Dave?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, just looking at his numbers here, four hundred and forty odd league appearances, I think it was for Liverpool. I mean, that's uh, you know that wouldn't happen to a bad goalkeeper. So, he, especially in that era when Liverpool were you know at the very top of the top of the pile for a lot of it, um, obviously speaks volumes about how good he was. I mean, for me, a bit like you saw, Ali, he's a little bit before my time in the sense that by the time I was getting into football, he'd been moved on from Liverpool. Um, and unfortunately, my first memories have being in that court case, and uh, mm. I remember, remember when uh, I'd probably still do it when you know, when we used to go to court. Um, when news channels used to have that, like, the, the caricature was on, you know, the, the, the draw the people in the courtroom. I always thought that was odd. Why did they do that? That's my first memory. Like the, the draw Grubala in the in, in the uh, in the box being being questioned. I think he had a stupid hat on. I seem to remember. I met him
1: not long ago. He came to a a company I used to work for to do a book signing um, and he wasn't very happy to be fair. I have a photo taken with him. He was really, really miserable. Um, Probably not a great day for him in fairness. It's come to that. But, you know, going back to the player, he's one of the first goalkeepers that really got into the distribution. And ironically enough, it wasn't with his feet that guy could find anybody in, in his own half with, with an extra set of a throw. Very often yeah. launched council attacks by just picking up the board and launching it and, and you know, I think the acrobatic nature of the guy meant that, that he, you know, he was he was very agile and, and, and found things like that really, really easy. He got to saves so he had no right to get to. Um, he was he was capable of the old howler, don't get me wrong, he did, he did drop a few and you're quite right when you say that we, we look at other goalkeepers and and arguably, you'd say Clements is perhaps the best Liverpool goalkeeper of all time. And dependent on the, the years to come, for Allison um, gets over his collie wobbles, yeah. there's, a possibility, there's a possibility he would be someone that would come into that equate that conversation in the future. But not yet, not ready yet. Needs to uh, needs a little bit more longevity and uh, you know and establish himself as a season on season, um, arguably the best goalkeeper in the world. former side, so yeah. Rob Lazo often overlooked for me. How
2: much uh, how much impact do you think Gobola had on you know David James, who I don't mean in terms of dropping the odd clanger here and there, but in terms of you mentioned like, the distribution, I, think I remember David James was another who could who could throw a ball a huge distance. Um it was
1: huge, wasn't he? Six foot five and made out of stone, <laughs> you know. So I think physics probably made it easier for, for David James to do those things. Um <laughs> just as an aside, I remember going to watch a Liverpool games just before the match, remember Sander Vesterveld? Yes. <laughs> he dropped the ball on the edge of the box and put it in the stand at the far end of the ground. I've never seen a goalkeeper kick a ball like that before. Um, it was insane. And he used to take something off it every single time he drilled a ball out. Um, so yeah, we've had a few interesting goalkeepers. I think David James is another one that perhaps doesn't get the, the credit he's, he's, he's due. Look at his record over the years, his number of clean sheets. For teams like Portsmouth and Manchester City and everyone that's ever played with him all said the same thing, that he had the, a, a, a ridiculous amount of ability. But in his early career, um, I think he came to Liverpool too early and, and his concentration wasn't great. And he, and he made a few howlers and because of where Liverpool were, the press got on his back. I think he probably came, came to Liverpool too early in his career, to be fair.
0: I think that's a fair shout. Yeah, I was, I was always a James fan, but yeah, he was definitely prone to, to a howler. And I think some other stuff, again, I mean, James probably didn't help himself again. Being such a character and, you know, the, was it the Armani deal? Or Versace? Yeah. yeah, Armani, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he, he loved the limelight as well. So it kind of just, he, he almost brought the media pressure on himself as well. Um, but yeah, top, top goalkeeper. But yeah, I, I love the Grobbler shout and the first person to have him on as well. Um, so, cool.
1: yeah, I like that. Excellent. OK, so on to my back four. Uh, my right back is one of the most decorated uh, right backs in history. Uh, do you know another player who played with a smile on his face? And had he not resisted the urge to go and join the Galacticos at Real Madrid, this guy really could have been part of a team that would have won everything. And, and my right back in my team is cahu So... Picked him because of his, uh, my team is an attacking team and he's tremendous going forward for Brazil and for AC Milan when he played for those two teams. Um, uh, sort of a modicum of consistency. You, you don't get to play in four World Cup finals if, if you're not a great player. And arguably the greatest right-back, attacking right-back we've seen. So, um, Cafu, for me, at right-back.
0: Yeah, I, I think probably the most the most commonly picked right-back Um Everything you've said. Um I think I mean even me me and you have said it, David, as well. Probably the the first of the the modern style fullbacks that there was, um, but great defensively as well. Um, you mentioned the World Cups, um playing for Brazil. It's a bit I mean, easier as a defender as such, but still to play in that many, captaining two of them I believe. Um,
2: yeah. just just phenomenal, yeah. I mean I mean, Dave. What more can we say about Cafu? Well, that's it. I mean, what, 142 caps for Brazil. It's uh, it's not bad, is it? <laughs> he, he was uh, he was he was incredible fullback. I think him and Roberto Carlos as a, as a pair of fullbacks, and that's you know before you even got into their wingers and forwards and all. I mean, you know, the, the, that it was just an incredible era for Brazil and the, and the, the team that they had and the, the players they were bringing through at that time. Um, and we, we, we spoke about this on a previous a previous episode, but. That's going to take a while before that's matched. I know they've got you know people like Neymar and Ronaldinho who individually have been you know brilliant, but we're talking like a whole era of players who came through at the same time. Remarkable, mm. really.
1: And it's the fact he played with a smile on his face. When did you ever see him play a game without having a massive grin on his face? And, and it's that enthusiasm and that it's to play football that I think shone through. When you when you take these these young Brazilians off the streets of Brazil and take them away from the favelas and give them a, a, a lifestyle. Um, they're often very grateful for it, none more so than Cafu. And I think, you know, um, you're quite right. You look at uh, Trent Alexander at the moment, who, who, who in recent games probably hasn't matched the standards that he'd set for himself in the last 18 months. But certainly, if you talk to him about who his influence is right back, that, that's the guy he's going to say. Because, because, as you say, he set the precedent for being an attack minded fullback and he was an 8.5 out of 10 every game, I don't ever recall seeing kathy with a bad game, ever, it, it just didn't happen, so um, it's a pretty easy choice to be fair, and I'm not surprised other people went that way too
0: Yeah, no, 100%, I am um, I kind of feel stupid for not picking him in my 11 um, <laughs> all. but I mean, I, I don't regret my choice, I do, I, I'm happy with Taram as my choice, but like Cafu is, is is undeniable, and if if you're going for a best eleven, not just a favourite eleven, I, I reckon Cafu's in eight out of ten people's team if you're going for that as well. Um, so not yeah, excellent choice. Um, on the left back then.
1: Well, it won't surprise you to know I picked his, his colleague, the one you just <laughs> mentioned. Um, how can you overlook the marauding runs and the free kicks of Roberto Carlos? I mean, when he played for Real Madrid. The link up with Zidane down that left hand side was ridiculous. It was almost telepathic at times. Um, and I think he's your quintessential attacking fullback, isn't he? The goals he scored, the, the positions he got himself into, the pace and power that he played with. I mean, probably the biggest legs I've ever seen on a footballer, even bigger, <laughs> than, Mark Hughes, even bigger than Mark Hughes, and that saying something. Um, it's, it was just. His willingness, it was like Zidane always knew where he was going to be, where to put the ball in a position where he could run onto it and not even break a stride. It was it was—it was mercurial to watch from both of them. Um, and at Real Madrid, he really was something else. Um, you know, you talk about Galacticos. Um, when he went to Inter Milan, he still played at a very high level at Inter Milan. Still, still was arguably their best player. And another guy that enjoyed a very, very long career at the top. And then to sort of finish off with him, who could forget that goal against France in the Tournois? I cannot believe how far that ball travelled. I don't think barthez still believes it to today. It was it was insane. He runs the risk of completely miskicking that ball to, to play that with so much whip to get round the wall and, and then back in inside the post. What an incredible strike! He, he probably could have another thousand attempts and do it, but it was it was an amazing goal.
2: The thing that's the thing though, like I don't think I've seen that free kick done again. Not, no, not whipping it that way. Obviously, we've seen loads of people with their instep go, you know, up and over the wall and whatever, but to hit it with the, with the outside of your foot, so it goes that far wide of the goal and comes back in, I don't think I've seen that happen um, since then. Sure, someone will have, but I, I certainly don't remember it off the top of my uh, head. It's,
1: it's Like you say, it's the outside of the foot. Any fair death to the he ends up in a slot, that in the it's embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah. It's really, really, really push the envelope in terms of just how far across the board you can go with that. But the movement was ridiculous. I've watched it recently because I think Jimmy Bullard tried to replicate it in the John R. Arena, John R. reset arena on soccer AM. So hard to do, so so hard to get that, get that to go that way. So um yeah, I, I, I like attacking formations, I like attacking teams and it won't surprise you that those two guys would be maraudering down the outside of my team uh, <laughs> in the opposition. So a Predictable pick, but but I can't really make a case for anybody else because I just used to sit and laugh at the things he did, He was amazing. So, yeah, those two guys sewed up the full back positions for me pretty easily.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'll add on both of them, um, I mean, like as like me and Dave, you would have heard us chuckling there just because it's funny, it's the same stuff gets brought up all the time because the two of them are, as you say, so consistent. But as you say, you love attacking players, but let's not. Like, forget how good Cafu and Carlos were defensively as well. This isn't like, you know, the, the modern fullbacks where most of them are either good going forward or good at the back, you know. Th- these guys literally were marauding up and down the pitch um, for 90 minutes as well. None of this stopping at 50 minutes and taking a break. Carlos was still bombing up and down um, in the 89th minute, um, like... It was almost like he didn't have a right to play for, you know, the Galacticos because he was a proper workhorse as well, as well as, yeah, the, you know, exactly the good yeah. fancy stuff. But that's a, a solid foot. The centre-backs are going to have an easy day. So who's the, <laughs> who's the first of the centre-backs then?
1: So the first centre-back um, is, an, is an excellent ball player, um, an absolutely cultured centre-back who's reading of the game was amazing. Um, having read his autobiography, he was terrified of, of the big cumbersome centre-forwards. Um, Recalls a story of an ex-Oxford centre forward called Billy Whitehurst who turned up at Anfield with eleven staples in his head from the previous game, and this centre back passed him on to his partner because he didn't want anything to do with the physical nature of this, this centre forward. So my pick, my first centre back is Alan Hansen, um, who would be superb in coming out of that out of that back four carrying the ball. Um, ironically, I did. Toy with the idea of Virgil van Dijk because I don't think Virgil van Dijk has a weakness, whereas Hansen definitely did. But Hansen was someone I looked up to and sort of worshiped as a, as a young man, young child growing up supporting Liverpool. The elegance is so elegant. I mean, there's a goal against Everton that's been recently played because of the game at the weekend where he, he comes out. He must travel 50 yards before playing in Ian Rush to score, and, and it, it just looks so easy. And he's a centre back, and he just he can play the game at his own pace, and that, that all good footballers can do that. They can slow it down, they can speed it up, they can play whatever, however they want to. He was just a magnificent footballer, and and as a captain, he's not the captain of my team, but as a captain, um, he led through example, and I think that's really important. Yeah,
0: yeah. look, um, being being Scottish, we don't have too many players, um, especially from from my era, that we can boast about. Also, but Hansen's one of those. Being a Liverpool fan and, and Scottish that I can go back and and be proud of having um for club and country. Um as you mentioned, just made defending look so so elegant. Um as I say, we're blessed having Van Dyke, um, albeit not retired. So you couldn't have him anyway. That's slightly cheating. Yeah. <laughs> he's, only, he's only injured. But yeah, I mean everybody obviously Hansen's who everybody's comparing Van Dyke to from you know the setup, you know, for that that style of defender. Um and as you say, it just made it look look effortless. I mean, Dave, you'll be the same as me, being the same age. It'll just be like re- replay footage that you've seen of him.
2: Yeah, no, I, mean, I can't profess to have seen him uh, when he was in his pomp, but uh, yeah, I mean, anyone who knows anything about the history of football and and uh, you know the, the top division in the 80s and such will, will know all about Alan Hanson. The only thing I'm surprised about is, is how, how relatively few caps he got for Scotland, but... Uh, I've just read about why that is, and it was a certain Mr. Ferguson who he fell out with, who was the Scotland manager <laughs> at the time. So maybe that's less, maybe that's less surprising.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's almost almost criminal that that he, he got the caps he got. I mean, you know, I know there was there was, there was Danny McGrain and, and, and people like that around at the time who, in their own right, were, were marvelous players. But for Alan Hansen to be revered length and breadth of breadth of Europe in terms of what he was and what he did for Liverpool. Um, it kind of seemed nonsensical to not pick him for Scotland. Um, but to be fair, there would be times when the ball would be grateful for that because um, international trips, although they weren't as frequent then, um, certainly take it out of players. So it was to our benefit that he didn't play as many games for Scotland as, as, as that career certainly deserved.
0: Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, Scotland were quite blessed in the, <laughs> the 70s, 80s as well, with, with centre-backs as well. Obviously not Hansen's level, but a lot of them played together at club level mm. as well, so it was arguably more beneficial for the team. Um, not that I profess to know too much about like the, the Scottish team, but from speaking to people, because that was my biggest query as well: why why he didn't get as many caps? Bearing in mind as he was he was revered as one of the best centre backs in the world, really at the time. Liverpool were dominating domestically and in Europe, um, and he was he was pivotal and all that. Um, so, who's partner in Mister Hansen?
1: So, the partner of Hanson is a, is a guy who started his career at left-back and went on to have a 20-year long-span career in Italy. Um, and it's Paolo Maldini, who for me is arguably as graceful as Alan Hanson in terms of what you do. Um, the, the, the longevity of his career and, and versatility to play across the back four. And, and the thing that, that drew me to him is... He, Again, he just makes football look so easy. He's a very physical defender, but he doesn't look to be a very physical defender. He, he takes the ball off people or took the ball off people with relative ease. Made an interesting comment about the old slide tackle. We hear often from Manchester United fans, don't we How that Van Sar is the best one-on-one winner of the ball in the Premier League and is the best slide tackler in the Premier League. Maldini once quoted, if I have to make a slide tackle, I've already made a mistake. And that absolutely... Um, captulates that guy's career he was just just supreme i don't think he feared anybody and um, technically a very good footballer the volley he scored in 2005 t- took some yeah. doing came to an awful angle uh he took it really well and it, in the same sort of breath as as a virgil van dyke virgil van dyke's not just a very good centre-back he's also a very good footballer um and i think Malby is, is, is in exactly that mold and, and to have the career he had over the over the, what was he about forty one when he stopped playing, just just incredible um, and, and and elegant to watch, powerful, elegant, could use ball, and as I said before, you know, technically very strong.
0: Yeah, um, arguably the best defender in the world, Dave, ever. Oh,
1: I think, I think we he, he could make a definite yeah. argument for it. Brazy would probably say um, include me in that conversation, and I think he could include. I think we will talk when his career's over about Virgil van Dijk having no weaknesses. I just don't see one. It's, it's, it's you know, the thing against Brighton when he did a little back header over Connolly and ran down the other side and collected the ball. Most centre-backs would need even think about doing that, but, but he, not only did he do it, he executed it. So it'd be interesting to perhaps have this conversation in 10 years' time when his career's done and see just how high we rate him. But right now, um, for all the players that have been you 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 have Maldini in the conversation as the best centre-back there's ever been. Hes He's at the top table absolutely 100 percent. The
2: thing is that how many of them have also played professional tennis? And the answer is none.. <laughs> 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 i
1: would forgotten about that. That's true as well he did didn't
2: he? He only had well, he had one doubles match, but uh, they all count.
1: It's one more yeah. than it's one more <laughs> than Boo,
0: <is> he? <laughs> <laughs> But he just, it's like he just made made defending look effortless. Um, Six hundred and forty-seven caps for one of the biggest clubs in Europe. Um, the, the 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 real shame is he never won a World Cup um, yeah. or European Championships. I mean, obviously it's a it's a team game, but you you just wish somebody like Maldini could have had something like that. Um, obviously, I think he won everything in domestically between leagues and European cups. Um, he, he had beautiful hair, which is just, <laughs> that just gives, gives him a head start right away. You can tell, you can tell I'm the balding one, uh, everyone. So I've got, I have hair envy of of somebody like Maldini, whose hair still looks the same now, and he's like yeah. sixty. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just, just wonderful. And, and the the biggest thing is y- you just felt sorry for his sons because they were never ever going to live up to to dad um, I I had Maldini as my left no, yeah I'm the same as you, I had him at centre back a lot of people have picked him as their left back um, doing this but I had to get Carlos in like yourself so I, I moved him at centre back um, but yeah the, the line of the, the slide tackle ones is, is for me that's what I think of defending as well um, oh. if you are needing to make lunging challenges, for me you've already made a mistake
1: Um, absolutely spot on isn't it absolutely it's a a great it's a great um, it's a great quote isn't it it's one of football's great quotes
0: yeah no I I, I love the Maldini pick Um, right let's move into the centre of my field how are you lining up the the three
1: right so in the centre of my midfield in the centre sitting sitting slightly deeper this guy's going to be my captain and again we go north of the border my first love affair with a footballer in terms of breaking my heart and left the football club my captain and my number six is Graham Souness, um, a born winner, the best captain Liverpool Football Club have ever had, could dismantle teams all by himself, and often did. Um, we signed him because we played against Middlesbrough and he got in an altercation with Jimmy Case. There, had Jimmy Case on the floor and he was showing him his fist. And it was just, just a pivotal moment for Liverpool to say, right, OK, there's, there's our next midfield general. You dare not turn up and play 100% of this guy your captain. I know Roy Keane did it years later for Manchester United, but Graham sooners expected nothing but 110% um, from the players around him. And what is really unique about that is this guy was a champagne Charlie. This guy used to eat oysters and drink champagne like he was going out of fashion um, and obviously paid the price with, with his health as in, in latter years when he was a manager at Liverpool at a bypass operation. But when he signed for Sampdoria in 84, I was crestfallen. I could not believe that player was leaving our football club. He was, for me, arguably, well, not arguably, for me, the greatest captain I'd ever seen. He led that team and they dared not um, match his standards. And I thought it was incredible. Yeah, I
2: mean, Dave, soon as for you. Um, well... Obviously, I can't disagree with what you've said about him as a as a captain and a leader. Um, I think again, it's a daft memory, but I think we all remember the back pass from about 80 yards, um, which would be laughed at nowadays. But that was his mentality: is that we what we've got, we hold, and we're going to win because you know we're not going to give anything away, and if that means pass back your goalkeeper from your own half um, or the opposition's half rather. Um, then you know, so be it. And that was that's the winner mentality, which not that many people have got. Um, you mentioned Keane he's obviously a great example but Surness was uh, he was a leader of men And why do you think it didn't work out for him as a manager um, particularly um, I know he had some success but probably not as much as he would have
1: hoped I think with, with the manager thing he'd been to Italy and seen the new regime with the, the dietitians and the healthy eating and the changing the lifestyle when he came back to Liverpool he didn't want the Liverpool job initially he turned it down and then, and then ran up retrospectively after the, the, the situation at Rangers and said, if that job's still available, I'd like to come and have a conversation. So he turned up at Liverpool. What he did is he inherited an old team with Mulby, Barnes and Russian who were all on ridiculous salaries and coming to the end of their career. And it tried to change too much too soon. They used to have beers on the, under the seats on the coaches. He took all that away. He tried to do away with the boot room to take the continuity side away from the club, and try to take it forward. Don't forget, these are the same things Arsene Wenger did 15, 20 years later, and he's he's claimed for them. But soon he's probably tried it too early. He tried too much too early. Um, Obviously, the I, I've listened to a podcast recently, and I don't know if you guys have checked it out, where, where he's quite, he speaks in detail about the newspaper article that did so much damage to his credibility. He was lying in a hospital bed when that was published and never said it could be. Um, so I think that, that's a difficult one, how you, how you get through that, given the, the, the paper that it was, and, and, and it was published on the anniversary of Hillsborough. Um, so it was a dreadful situation to find himself in. I, I wish he'd been a little bit more patient. Um, some of his signings didn't work. He, Liverpool hadn't won trophies for a couple of years. He came in. He tried to do too much too soon. He tried to restore Liverpool back to what it was. You're not going to do that signing the likes of Mark Walters and Paul Stewart. Who, All due respect to those guys were great for, for, for Rangers, Aston Villa and Tottenham respectively. But they were not Liverpool players. Um, Nobody could have come in and followed Dal Glees. For me, Dal Glees leaving was the end of the Halcyon days, the end of that era. It's kind of like what Manchester United find themselves doing, trying to replace Alex Ferguson. Football cyclical. That was the end of Liverpool's cycle. We didn't plan for the future. We didn't plan for the advent of football being a business. It was always a sport to us, and the 5 we were sides we were interested in. Whilst our, our sort of competitors were building... Brands and 70,000-seater stadiums over in Manchester. So when when football took a turn towards businesses, we were not prepared. Um, But with regards to Souness, a bit more patient approach, maybe came into the job at the wrong time um, in terms of where the squad was at. Because he was a a dogmatic, stubborn man, I think that really worked against him in terms of trying to change the structure of the football club and take it forward. Um, Obviously, we won an FA Cup with him. It's a shame, it's a shame that that taints him, because as as a player, all of my family and all of the people that I know that speak of him uh, hold him in ridiculously high esteem. It's just tainted a little bit by what happened as a manager.
2: Fair enough, I mean, he was was an awful manager for us, Um, so was Daglish though, so um, maybe we've learned our lesson and we'll stop appointing your your (laughs) managers our managers.
0: Yeah, no. On Sures, I think um, you know that that fair old question of you know which ex-player would you always bring in at the current team, and I think Sures for me is always going to be the the one. Um, he's he's always that player, that that type of midfielder that that we really missed throughout the years. Um, just that that natural ball winner. For seeing him live, unfortunately, I only seen him at Rangers, where he was more just full on hatchet man. You know, the the football almost had gone. Um, mm. But watching back, um, I just like you—you've summed it up perfectly. There's nothing more I can add, like articulately as just just a natural winner, you know. Just those are—I mean—in my lifetime, Roy Keane is by far the best midfielder I've watched. Put in performances, that leader, that winning mentality. Don't get me wrong. There's obviously there's moments where they they like, the, the, the challenge on the the Man City boy mm. and that, but just like. Keen basically is the the follow on of soonest of that you know the modern era and just just frightening frightening players and yeah I think if I had seen him more live I think soonest would have been in my team um, but as I say for my the, for my viewing that I got to see in my lifetime he was at Rangers and I'll never pick a Rangers player either <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't do it I'm um, I'll, I'll happily admit that. The, the biasness there. Um, but no, great show, great captain. Um, who's leaning? who's standing beside him?
1: So, on the right-hand side, and, and for me, this isn't even a debate, is the greatest footballer that's ever lived, and it'd be Diego Maradona. Um, what can you, what hasn't already been said about the man? Um, on the pitch, an absolute genius, off the pitch, an absolute nutcase, you know, but, but you don't get one without out the other, do you? Um, single-handedly and i do i do believe single-handedly took argentina to a world cup and then to a final into consecutive tournaments the, the team that he played with when they won it not great and, and if you watch the reels the run backs of those things he created chance after chance which all ended up in the stands and, and beyond and, and going out for goal kicks and things i don't blame him necessarily for what happened in England. Why was Peter Shilton beaten by a five-foot, five-inch man to a ball that, that was aerial? <laughs> Why is a goalkeeper beaten by a guy of that stature? That, that's the first thing you need to look at. Yes, it's dishonest. We've seen that over the years. Thierry Henry did it against uh, Ireland. Cheat to players, do, uh, players do take opportunities to, to bend the rules a little bit. But then... Ten minutes later, the second goal is, is, is one of the best goals any of us will ever see. Uh, and it just goes away from people like they're not there. But outside of the international scene, um, if you've ever watched any Maradona games, and I watched a lot of them growing up because I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Every time someone went to tackle him, it was, a, it was an assault. It wasn't a tackle. It was a, it was a full-blooded assault. The, the, the Goya Couture, the Butcher of, of Seville, um, broke his leg um, when he played for Barcelona. The tackle is, is agricultural doesn't do it justice. It's appalling. In today's game, you'd get banned for six months, putting a challenge in like someone like that. But he rode so many challenges that in today's game, you'd see players missing for three months. The, the physicality of the man, the game he played in, the pitches were rubbish. Uh, you know, the ball didn't run truly. He played through the knock, he rode challenges. His balance was absolutely incredible, and, and and his precision in terms of his passing, his shooting, and his, and his skill. Um, there's lots said about who's the best player in the world. Is it Pele? Is it ever? Is it Maradona? Is it is it Messi? Is it Ronaldo? Um, personally, in that four, I've got Pele in fourth place. Um, I can't separate Ronaldo and Messi, and I've got Maradona streets ahead of the rest of them. Um, I just couldn't leave him out because. Just a joy to sit and watch the guy play football. Absolutely, God-given gift. Um, and I was lucky enough to see it, you know, through my childhood and, and my teens, just how good he was.
2: Oh, that's an extremely attacking set midfielder, Dave. Oh, yeah. well. Oh, I mean, I'd, I wouldn't want him to be doing any tracking back, but um, you, you wouldn't need to, because uh, yeah. soon as well, half anyone who gets over halfway anyway, so, I mean, that, that's fine. But, no, I, I mean... T- is going to fit in any team isn't he he was uh, an, an incredible talent and um, I, I, you could play him absolutely anywhere I think I don't think it would make a difference
0: yeah I've, I've never been sure of what his actual position is you know everybody who's picked him has picked him in a different position this. Either, either back,
1: do what you want don't, don't give him yeah. a job put him in the ball net and go and do whatever he wants to do to win your football matches if you've got <laughs> about four like that and Graham Sooner's sitting in front of them you got license to go and do what you want, really, haven't you? So um, you know, you're um, pretty sure you've got five decent guys behind you there that are gonna gonna shut sort up of shop should the ball break down and the transition from the opposition be quick. That's a pretty formidable five to get by. Um, so you have just got to give guys like him the ball and go and do his thing.
0: Yeah, I think another player who I think yourself would have seen more live of the of the really good Maradona. Um, than the likes of me and you, Dave. Um, I think it was more the the cocaine fueled <laughs> Madonna and, and our lifetime, unfortunately. Um, but for me, the, the the biggest thing in his whole career is the, is the Napoli achievements. Just from yeah. reading up on how the what a story that is. Like I don't think people realise that Napoli still that Napoli aren't the, the Napoli of they are today. Like Napoli would be like West Brom in the Premier League nowadays. Um, yeah they were so so in the, and it was down to one man like you're talking a one man team back then this this was it he literally is a is a god in in that town
1: yeah he is. and he was joined by a brazilian called carreca who was a superb number 9 um, but, but it wasn't always like that and, and the story for that, that that sort of gets me this too is when he organized the charity game because the club wouldn't like 4000 people turned up on a on a park pitch to watch them play um, such as the magnitude of the man and then to have to go to Naples with, with Argentina and knock Italy out of the World Cup I mean yeah. that's incredible because um, it's well known he was pressurised by the Mafia the whole time he was at Naples so to, to have the minerals to go and do that incredible to, 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 to turn up and do that and um, Footballer first and foremost, obviously that that tells you that. But with, with all of the pantomime circus and all of the drama that went around him, made, for me, made him a very intriguing character. And I think when he died recently, um, that was a huge loss for football, massive, ridiculously so. So um, very sad life in, in lots of ways, but but an absolute joy to watch on the pitch.
0: Yeah, def- definitely up there with the, the, the greatest of all time conversation. Um, right, who's lining up beside beside those two? So,
1: my my favourite non-Liverpool player of all time. Um, Frenchman, um, serial winner, also Galactico, none other than Zinedine Zidane, um, to play on the left side of of that, with the Roberto Carlos link-up in mind. Um, For for me, Zidane just amazed me, because he's a big guy. He's got, like, size 13 feet and things like that. How you can do with the football what he could do, and the balance he had, and the ability to go off either foot in his and his, um, his touch and his skill and his awareness. Uh, another one that was a bit flawed. Um, obviously, we're, we're well aware what he did in the World Cup final to Matarazzi. Um, that was the third headbutt of his career, and, and all of them um, pretty pretty nasty incidents, to be fair. But take that out of it. What a sublime footballer. The, the, the left-footed volley against Bayer Leverkusen in the Champions League final um, is behind him. The technique to, to get your knee over that ball at waist height and strike a ball with that much uh, ferocity for a player that's, you know, um, predominantly plays off the other foot, just thought he was magnificent. Loved watching him play and outside of Liverpool, um, I think Zidane probably is my favourite player of all time.
2: Yeah,
0: he, he, he quite m- well be remain as well. I mean, Dave, um, again,
2: we're we'll running at Superlatives for, for this <laughs> time as well, but... Um, just a genius, isn't he? Just, oh, that's the word for him, definitely. Uh, as you say, I like the point about him being a bit, uh, you know, larger than you, you know, certainly larger than Maradona. Maradona has such a low center of gravity. It wasn't that surprising to see him, you know, weaving in and out of people. But Sudan was, uh, I don't know about you, Ali, but I found that when I was a young lad and I was quite small, I was you know quite quick and nimble. But as I got older, all sort of um, yes. all sort of coordination disappeared as I became longer and lankier. It um, to you know could barely stand up whilst kicking the ball, but Zidane seemed to make it look very easy. Um, so I think we all know that the the goal in the Champions League final at Hampden was uh,
1: yeah,
2: and what a goal that is!
1: I've read quite a bit on him about his career. And in the early days, he doubted himself. When he was at Bordeaux, he had opportunities to go to bigger clubs and turn them down because he didn't actually believe in his own ability, which is which is insane. Uh, for a man of, of that ability. He definitely had the, the sort of uh, Mediterranean temper, didn't he, with the, with the Algerian link to his family. Yeah. Um, certainly capable of losing it once or twice. The story how he signed for Real Madrid makes you laugh. You guys probably know he's passed a handkerchief by the Real Madrid chairman saying, would you like to play for Real Madrid? And that's how <laughs> it that came to pass. And um, you couldn't get away with that today, could you? You'd find yourself with all kinds of hot water. I um, no. I was gutted he left Juventus because after, after Heysel, because I had friends at Heysel, and I won't, I won't dwell on that because it's not a great subject, but I had friends at Heysel and, and, and a lot of us developed a soft spot for Juventus because the clubs needed to come together after that. And when he left Juventus to go to Real Madrid, I was kind of gutted because I kind of liked that midfield. Uh, well, the three of the four, well, four, Kamara Ned uh, Nedved, Davids and, and Zidane for me was, was, a, was a, an absolutely supreme midfield and I was, I was genuinely gutted when he, when he left to go to Real Madrid, but his career really flourished there, didn't it? He went from, from being absolutely brilliant to, to uh, one of the best players we've ever seen. So it's just graceful. Such a big guy, the way, like you said, weaved in and out of people and changed his direction and his awareness of people around him with little flicks and touches. You know, the, 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 the Penenka World, World Cup final uh, yep. penalty he goes in off the underside of the bar. You you've got something about you to try that in the big one of the biggest games you'll ever play in your life. So um kudos to him for that. I just thought he was a magnificent footballer and I, I loved I loved watching him. So it's very, very easy for me to put him in my midfield three. Yeah,
0: I mean I was delighted he signed for Madrid. Madrid were always my my foreign team, if you like. Um I loved the white kit. I just it was one of the first kits I seen on TV. Um, when like the foreign team started playing, and I just fell in love with the, the pure whiteness. Um, and then like, how could you not almost love when you're a kid? Like the Madrid team when they're putting together, just oh, he's he's good. Yep, let's buy him. You know, <laughs> it really was the the championship manager, the football manager that we that we all grew up on. Um, coming to real life, um, and and he was pivotal. I mean, we we always mentioned Dave as well. The you know the. The flick out the air from Casillas's throw. He yes, flicks it round <laughs>
1: uh, well, was, the for
0: Roberto Carlos. That was amazing. Absolutely, it, that is good. It, as you mentioned, his his height and he's he's the way he moves. Yet he's still pirouetting round the ball between defenders. Um, just yeah, just again one of just an all-time great. Um, and I said it's probably not the best way to go. The last time he was mentioned, but. I think, mean, as Dave says, I mean the way he was sent off in the World Cup final. I think maybe that is the way. If, that is the way if you're not going to win the thing, that is the way to end it. You know, you're, it's never going to be. It's never not going to be spoken about. It's just, you know, it's just a perfect example of the the crazed genius that he was.
1: Absolutely, that, that had the cult hero to the football, didn't it? Really, you know, going against somebody that insulted your family and what have you. And- um, very very capable man of, of that it, it, it did it twice for for Juventus uh, getting long bands for putting people so obviously fancied himself with the forehead didn't he so um <laughs> but you know yeah you're right it was um it was a spectacular way to end your career uh, if nothing else and, and it didn't didn't damage him for me it kind of it kind of added a bit of comedy to the end of his career you know it was, was strange. Well,
0: yeah, it, it almost adds to the to the to the man, doesn't it? It just it, it gives you that that edge to talk about. But no, this is absolute phenomenal team so far. Like just star studded. Um, so who's the who's the link between the strikers then?
1: The right. the back and midfielder. Well, this guy is is my hero, and I'll never let anybody ever say a bad word about him. And it's uh, Sir Kenneth Matheson at Dalgliesh. Um what can I say about him? He is Mr Liverpool. Um, and obviously he's Mr Celtic too for the, for the, for the Scottish contingent. Um, it's not just about the football, it's about the man, what he is and who he is and what he represents for Liverpool. When we had the tragedy of, 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 of Hillsborough, um, that guy held the city together by linking the football club to the tragedy in the way that he did by attending all of, all of the funerals. Um, on the day he resigned as manager of Liverpool Football Club, I, I promise you, I said nothing to anybody for 24 hours. I was, I was absolutely numb. Um, but going back to the player, Graham Souness has played in Italy with Maradona against Maradona, against Zico, who he says is probably the hardest player he ever played against. But credit Stout with the best football in brain because he'd pick the ball up and he would be... The team would have moved on three passes by the time he received the ball. And such was his awareness of what was going on around him. And you only have to ask the likes of Ian Rush how good Kenny East was. That was a, a, a prolific partnership, wasn't it? Um, what, a, what a fantastic footballing brain that man had. Not blessed with pace, not by any stretch of the imagination, tailored his game into shielding the ball, protecting the ball, finding his teammates and scoring world-class goals. Some of the goals he scored with the, the terrible footballs that they played with on the terrible pitches that they played with. on. Um, I could never put a team together of my favourite players without including Kenny Dalglish. It just, just that guy just is everything in terms of my footballing experience over the years and, and who I hold in the highest esteem. Kenny Dalglish goes with the title of Mr Liverpool for me, and I just, just was no way I would pick this team without the the ability and the creativity and, and the skill that that guy had was was insane and and. Probably 20 years before its time. What would he be worth in, a, in the transfer market today? You, you couldn't put a price on him, could you? Yeah, for, pretty
0: much. Yeah, this is this is a player that I I broke my own rule um, of not picking players that I hadn't like you know personally seen, um, but I couldn't not have him in. Like he's he's arguably the best player Liverpool have ever had. He's arguably the best player Celtic have ever had, um, and not just having played for them, you know. His performances made him the best player at each club. Um he's without a shadow without Scotland's, you know, greatest ever player. Um, just phenomenal. I mean, he, he was excellent in his original spell for us as a manager. Um, he did what he needed to when he came back
1: um,
0: yeah. as a manager. Um it, it, he should never have been given a new contract for me at the time. Um but, again, he did what he needed to do. Even when he was he was sacked, you know, there was no... He just handled it with utter, utter class and grace. As, as you mentioned, like, I think there's no denying the, um, the man in general, like, just his, his personality. I've just finished reading Andy Robertson's book and mm-hmm. the way he talks about him um, as a mentor, you know, around and Kenny Dugliese and his wife picking up Andy Robertson from the airport um, to take him to Anfield... I just think it says everything you need to know about the man. I mean, Dave, again, <laughs> obviously not your greatest memories as a manager for your club, <laughs> but um, <laughs> more, the, more the player dog leash.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, again, a little bit before my time to see him, uh, see him live as such, but uh, again, a bit like Hanson, anyone who knows anything about football in that era, know him as a, as a wonderful player. Um, and I, I think it's very poignant the point you made about how he united the city um, during and after Hillsborough um, because he could have he could have, you know, kept his distance and not got involved as he did, but he, he did and uh, I think he sort of plays a trail for the likes of, you know, Rafa who in years to come, I think he donated quite a bit to the charity, if I'm not mistaken um, and I don't know, I think if Jaglish hadn't done it, I don't think others would have done it in years to come either yeah he, did. yeah, he definitely
1: set the way, didn't he? Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. There's the, there's no superlatives anymore that, that could quite cover his career. I think we've used them all repeatedly, haven't we? Um, <laughs> just just a phenomenon. And when I watched him play, it's like he yeah, had the ball on a piece of string. You know, I sat, I stood on the cock with, with 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 guys twenty years older than me, gasped with with, in, in, you know, incredulous things that he did with the football, cutting across the ball into the top corners, right or left foot, it didn't really matter. Um, sticking his backside out, protecting the ball, and always being aware where his teammates were. It just just was an absolute phenomenon. And very fitting that in 1986, he scored the winning goal in in the league campaign against Chelsea with with the chest and and the outside of the right foot volley uh, down at Stamford Bridge. Um, Really, really poignant moment for him and probably well-deserved. Well, not probably, that's well-deserved. If you could have picked the man to score your winning league goal on... The year we did the double, you would have picked Kenny Dalglish, and, and that's how it came to pass. So, um, yeah, that guy is is my sporting hero.
0: No, um, absolute perfect pick. Um, right, the the two I'd say the two fun positions, but we've had quite a bit of fun throughout this team. Um, let, let's take the first striker then.
1: Okay, so it's a Brazilian, and uh, it's Romario, um, who oh. was. A, a, for me, the greatest finisher I've ever seen, he would take shots on. Uh, talk about taking shots early when the goalkeepers are not set. I don't know if either of you guys have ever seen the, the video where the ball's played over the top. It doesn't even let it bounce, and he lobs the goalkeeper from about 40 yards out. Absolutely incredible. We, t- we talk about Robbie Fowler's ability to find the corners. Romario's finishing instincts, absolutely incredible. For Barcelona, he was an absolute joy. Um, absolutely crazy amount of goals in it and also played in a very um, strong Brazilian side um, and also played through the kidnap of, of one of his family members. Um, that happens quite a lot with South Americans, doesn't it? They, they, they take their family and and he carried on playing through, through through a kidnap of one of his family members. But, you know, that's a measure of the man, just an absolutely sublime finisher. Wherever the ball fell to him, he, he took it early, the goalkeeper couldn't set themselves. He was quick. He had a low centre of gravity. Um, I just think he was uh, for Barcelona. He was absolutely ridiculously good. Um, so, so I've always been an appreci- appreciator of, of good finishes, and I don't think there's anyone better.
0: That, that brazilian again, David.
1: Well, yes,
2: Romario um, is so forgotten about, as you say. I think um, obviously Ronaldo came through in the. Sort of the mid 90s, and uh, maybe overshadowed Romario Mario a little bit, but as you said, an absolutely unreal finisher. Um, just total. Uh, I don't know what you say, dead eye Dick. Just didn't miss, did he? He, uh, he knew he knew exactly where to finish.
1: But he just like roll balls into the net, and they barely looked like they were going to get there. <laughs> just just off, just off the bottom of his stud plate, or the outside of an ankle, or something like that. It was just a ridiculous appreciation of where to be and where to put the ball not always with power just just with precision some of the goals he scored you you, you have to think did he mean that because it feathered the ball around the goalkeeper and as i say it, it barely crossed the line but the, the 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 idea to do that in 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 real time and um, the intelligence of, of understanding where people were around his spatial awareness to to create time and space to do that was was absolutely ridiculous and and, and i think you know if i was having a my favourite team and again sitting watching his goals was, was they were ridiculous. They were like they were like similar to Robbie Fowler but on a slightly different level in terms of, of the the things he tried, and the things that came off. And I think I don't know if you guys ever remember when Manchester United played away in the world club championship and someone the ball was played into them and he, he touched it with the outside of his left peg, went round the back of Gary Neville and scored. Those are the types of things that Romário was doing and those are the types of things that, that Brazilians picked up on and wanted to do and wanted to learn. And I you know, suppose if you speak to people like Ronaldinho and players like that, Romário would be right up there in terms of the, the people they looked up to as they were coming through and growing into senior players themselves.
0: Yeah, I think I think you summed up pretty well for Romário. I think he's almost the forgotten man of that Brazil team because I don't know why, well, baron bar Ronaldo, but obviously... It's, even from my recollection, you know, I'm I'm thinking of the Rivaldo's, the Babetto, Romario would probably be one. You know, if I'm trying to list, you know, like the eleven, you know, if you're trying to name them in a short yeah. period of time, it's probably the one you'd forget about. But yeah, you say, it was just it was just so efficient. As you say, the finishing was was clinical, and I mean, obviously, we've been blessed as as Liverpool fans to, as you mentioned, the the Fowler, um, who for me in my lifetime it's just a the best finisher I've seen as in just a pure finish. And yeah, Mario probably deserves a lot more praise than he gets. Um, but again, it's just a, a it's a, it's a blessing also in the in the team. And we, we me and Dave in the last couple of shows have just waxed lyrical over just that era old Brazil. Um how just special I mean you would have seen the you know just as good back but you know, maybe 10, 15 years earlier, but the, the Brazil team we grew up from Maybe 94, possibly Dave. Definitely 98 onwards. Anyway, having you know that that group of players was just, you know, there wasn't a bad player among them almost.
2: Oh no, exactly. When you think, obviously, Romario, Ronaldo, even people like Edmundo were, yeah, not uh, not able to command a place in the team, and he was incredible talent. So, yeah, they've always had uh, such so many options.
1: Right. And, then finish, and then to finish with, um, you've already mentioned in both of you, you can't have a side with that creative flair and not put uh, Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo, in that side. Who, um, But for tendonitis in both of his knees, we will never really know just how good that guy could have been. Um, but prior to that, what a player. What an absolute baller. The stepovers. I've, I've, I've seen a video clip of the French... Uh, World Cup team talking about they don't know how to handle him because they don't know which way he's going to go they don't know which leg he's going to step over with which one he's going to drive off he just had everything didn't he he had everything that, that you could ever want in a centre forward uh, but unfortunately he was, it weight was an issue for him uh, and, and injuries were an issue for him but he was staggering he, you know you talk about who's the best number nine ever I don't think you can look beyond that guy he had everything you know we did a, a bit of a chat recently on, on, a, on a Liverpool player that, that threatened to be a brilliant player, had all the attributes you could ever want, but there was nothing going on upstairs in terms of intelligence as a footballer. Stan Collymore had all the attributes you could ever want, but he didn't have one on Ronaldo's brain. Stan Collymore was big, strong, quick, two feet, good in the air, skillful. Ronaldo had all that in abundance, had a completely different gear, it just just incredible, absolutely incredible. The, the, the goal in the UEFA Cup final against Lazio on, on a pitch that can only be described as a car park, where it's probably nine or ten step overs before the goalkeeper sits down and, and he makes his, his job easy for him. Just, just really well balanced, really quick, really strong, really well balanced. Um, and as I say, injuries is such a shame um, in terms of, what would we be talking about had he not gone through three years of hell trying to get those knees sorted out? Uh, that's a fair point Dave. but I mean, could we
0: discuss the man much more than we do? Um, which is a scary <laughs> prospect, you know, without injuries.
2: Well, and I, I picked up in my team. I love him. I think, uh, you know, for me, him and him and Shira were always the, you know, the, the dream partnership in my head of, of what I'd want from a strike force when I was when I was growing up. Um, I think I mentioned this when I did mine, but we were very heavily linked with Llorien from Inter uh, Milan, obviously. So Bobby knew him very well from, from Barcelona, um, and we tried to bring him to Newcastle on loan um, when he was recovering from an injury. I really wish that'd come off. Um, I think, I mean, he might not even be any good, but it, you know, it's, a, it's something I'd always sort of wished for. It would have been fantastic to see. It
1: would, wouldn't it? I mean, they get the game in the Champions League. The hat trick against Manchester United, and he's applauded off the pitch. I think mean, that was Beckham's final game for Manchester United, wasn't it? Before he signed for Real Madrid. That performance, the second goal in particular, you um, just played at a different level that night. And, and, and when the whole ground rises to applaud you off the pitch, you kind of have to dot your cap to that, don't you? Um, that was that was that was, what he was capable of. And there would be a hundred games where he, he played at that level. Um, just, just an absolute phenomenon. We may never see the likes of him ever again. In terms of, of, of all of the attributes, if you designed a, a computer footballer, a centre forward, uh, you'd look to him for, for a lot of the attributes he's got. Obviously, not the injury record, but in terms of, of skill, speed, pace, power, finishing, you know, just, just incredible, just, just ridiculously talented young man. It's so sad that he had the injuries he had because. His legacy would have lived forever, and as I
0: say, we may never see anybody that reaches those levels ever again. Yeah, Yeah. um, it's it's all you you can't even argue it at all anymore. Um, I I hold my hands up, um, and say I, I I just it was just a player I didn't like when I was younger, not for his ability, just everybody loved him. You know, the he had uh, his own boots, he had the adverts, um.
2: should you were, you were jealous of his looks, weren't you? So.
0: Definitely not. Like it's the one player <laughs> I, I do feel like I'm, I'm not a confident man in my looks, but it's definitely not, it's definitely not a fear I had there. Um, but just like if, if any young person now, growing up who wants to be a striker and wants to play at the top level, you know, I I wouldn't recommend the, the probably the training and the lifestyle habits, but if, if you want to learn. Like what a striker is, like that's that's your man. Like it's not even it's not even up for debate. Um, I think hands down, not even close, the greatest striker football has seen. Um, and that's with like the crippling injuries. Um, that season he had at Barcelona. Um, I, I pff, those numbers are ridiculous. Like we talk about the Ronaldo Messi numbers. Um, in today's game, but. When you think of the defenders and the pitches that they were playing against, um, like Ronaldo and Messi are doing it against literally like farmers sometimes, um, and scoring eight goals in a game, you know, Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo, is is rounding goalkeepers on pitches that have no right to be played on, um, putting goalkeepers you know flat on their butt. Um, just, just an absolute special, special talent, and I don't think we'll ever get bored of having him in teams. And I think he will, by the time we ever stop doing this, this show, whenever it is, he will go down as the, the easily the most picked player, um, and, and rightly so in it because the joy he brought, um, especially, probably it's hard to say more so our, our, our age, Dave, um, but the fact that we were kids growing up with that. So we probably didn't appreciate how good it was. It was just that that sheer enjoyment over the you know the the tactical and the the knowledgeable side of the game. He
1: yes. just just couldn't legislate for him. It didn't matter who you who you, who you put him up against. They couldn't deal with him. They just didn't know how to deal with him. Uh, it, it was it was it was like a attributes skills and, and the level that no one else could around him could even get to and that included the defenders at times you just just mesmerized what mesmerized you is quick his balance um, directness it, I can't think of a, a part of his game where you could say if only he had had, had that too along with all the other things because he was surprisingly good in the air as well although we we, we will remember him for the, the goals with the ball on the floor Um it was it was good in the air too, although Barcelona didn't play that way. You know, with the with the Cruyff ideology, um, it was not about slinging bo- balls into the box, was it? It was about creating angles and triangles and 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 you know creating opportunities for teammates to run onto balls and things. It just it just was ridiculous. I and mean, you're quite right. Justifiably, will be you know if you do another hundred of these, good chance to be an 85 of your teams, I would imagine, because it's <laughs> just insane But, and and you shouldn't overlook him, and he shouldn't be ruled out of anyone's team, because different class to anything else we've ever seen. Van Basten was good, but this guy was at a completely different
2: level. Yeah, Dave, much more to add on Ronaldo? No, I mean, I could quite happily talk about him all night, and I think one of my favourite goals is, as you mentioned, the uh, the Lazio UEFA Cup final, step-overs, Um, Marti Gianni probably said it all wrong, but Sent him for the old hot dog, didn't he? And, uh, yeah, that was, yeah. it's a real... It's, re- it's on that stage as well. You know, really impressive.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's an impressive team then, Steve. Um, any players that just missed out that were considered
1: or was it a, a fairly straightforward choice? Um, As I said before, goalkeeper-wise, I always thought Pepe Reina, uh, in terms of characteristics, personality, being, being... Grobland was great in the dressing room. Pepe Reina shares a lot of similarities. I don't know if you guys have seen the song that he sang after Aston Villa avoided relegation. Absolutely yeah, yeah. hilarious, brilliant. The, the, the Spanish World Cup thing on the on the town hall steps, where he was basically the MC and all the songs with all the crowd all, all afternoon. What what a great guy to have in your, in your dressing room. So he, he, he probably would have been quite close uh, in terms of, of goalkeepers because I, I think goalkeepers need to be characters. God bless certainly was that um an absolute character. Um up front I I, I I looked at Aaron Shearer as opposed to Romario maybe. Um I just I just always watched Romario in awe of the way he finished. I played up front in my football career and 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 I thought I could finish you know this guy was Ridiculous at a level I've not seen before in terms of, 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 like I said to you before, the the guile he used to finish things when it wasn't feasible to get a shot off, but it was feasible to bounce it off your ankle or something. The the quickness of thought, absolutely ridiculous. Um, Could have looked at a Beckenbauer even to go in there, but but I didn't see Beckenbauer play, I'd be going off hearsay. So when you say, come and give us a team that are people that you like, people that you saw, every single one of those players. Put a smile on my face, and in some cases, more than once. Most of them, um, I think. I think that team there with 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 the four three one two, um, the the front six or five would be irrepressible. I don't know how you deal with that. To be fair, um, <laughs> so it would be it would be lovely to see that team put together in some form of a computer mashup, just to see how good they were. Um, you could have picked any goalkeeper. You know, I. I thought Peter Schmeichel was an immense goalkeeper. Not that I took much satisfaction from watching him, but I still (laughs) think that's the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. Um, So on ability alone, he would have been a contender because that guy was was amazing. To put no final word on it, absolutely, what a goalkeeper that was and and, and a large part of Manchester United's success. But I think I like the character side of the goalkeepers. and, And that team has got a little bit of... Guile, a couple of mentalists in Maradona and Zidane, but they're where they're likely to go during the game, and an awful lot of quality, an awful lot of quality, and a lot of grace. In Maldini, Hansen and Zidane, you've got three of the most graceful footballers who, who, who made football look utterly effortless, um, and believe me, it isn't. <laughs> so, you know, lovely, lovely to watch. That would be an amazing side to watch. But, you know, it's just my pipe dream, really, isn't it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, for for the listeners, I'll just go over that again, just in case anyone's keeping note. We have Bruce Grobel in goal. Uh, Cafu at right back, Roberto Carlos at left back, with Alan Hansen and Paulo Maldini as your centre-halves. Um, deep-lying midfielder, Sunis with Maradona yep. and Zidane on either side. Uh, Kenny Dalglish linking it together with the Brazilian duo of Romario and Ronaldo. Um, Souness, obviously, being captain. What an absolute phenomenal team. Um, so as I, as I mentioned at the start, Steve, you've just started a, a Liverpool podcast. Do you want to take a few minutes and, and give it its plugs and tell everybody what it's bit sure. basically generally going to be about?
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah. So a couple of friends of mine have, have, have started a, a pod called uh, Red Sky Pods. Um, basically, what that is, is a live stream as opposed to a podcast. Um, what we're going to do is two weekly shows or three, if you count post and pre-match um, live streams. And then on a Wednesday night, we're going to do some nostalgia where we touch on a subject that's to all Liverpool fan's hearts. This Wednesday is the um, ill-fated partnership of Roy Evans and Gerard Houllier. Um, mm-hmm. and, and was that doomed to failure and how could it have worked? So we'll spend about an hour talking about that. Please, if you're listening, come down and join us. Please, if you're listening, come down and join in. We want to be interactive. We'd like to have four or five people on each live stream, not just the same thing. Um, so it's very early. Uh, we're going to have a YouTube channel as well. So once that's up and running, um, be nice to see some subscriptions to that. But really, it's just three mates and and, and who wants to join in talking about something that's dear to us, which is Liverpool Football Club. So there's not too many better ways you can spend your spare time, really, is there?
0: Yeah, I mean, as a as a Liverpool fan, I've got quite a lot of Liverpool followers as well. So once this is edited and released, um, it'll probably be not this week. It'll be next week. There's a show set to go out this week. Um, we will definitely get that shared amongst all the fan base as well. And I'll be sure to check out the the Evans one and and share it as on my personal feed as well. Um, any Twitter Twitter handles you'd like to give a give a share out to just before yeah. we head off?
1: So you can get me personally at Steve Plunk, and it's not just Liverpool fans. I've got uh, quite a lot of followers at the moment. Thankfully, I, I, I have a good fan base, uh, sort of follower base. Um, but it would be nice to, to share um, stories with fans from all over the world, different clubs. I have Manchester United followers, and I follow Manchester United uh, fans as well. I am, I am a Liverpool fan, but I'm also a football fan. So it um, would be really cool to, for people to join in. And then with the... With the uh, uh, red sky pods and um, we're, we're very young we've only got not quite 200 followers at the moment those things only work if, if we get some support from from the podcast community and the people that listen in it would be really nice to see the numbers go up and um, when we get to a point on youtube where um, we've got a certain amount of subscribers we've got a pretty decent giveaway lined up um so so to kind of watch this space and and anyone that wants to get involved and come on and and share their thoughts with us we welcome that because it's nice to listen to other people's opinions as well and and it would be nice for five or six of us to chew the fat over any number of little things um from now until whenever it's it's just something we enjoy doing and and we welcome people's involvement and you guys are very welcome to come and join in too
0: yeah i think we can we can echo that dave Having people listen to us for every week is as um, is, is, is grateful as it, as
2: it is. Um, I mean, I feel like I ask you this every week, Dave. Um, what, what,
0: what have you got to plug for
2: yourself? Oh, um, I mean, don't worry about me so much. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CM9798 for the usual mix of uh, of retro games and football chat and play about Steve Bruce.
0: yes absolutely and you can find us at man of the post on all your social media platforms facebook twitter instagram i'm sure chris will have a snapchat at some point um we're 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 all over the place um give us a five star rating and review even if you don't like us just give us it to help us out please um like steve did um i I, i'm genuine when i when i put out Uh, if you'd like to put a team together and come on um, we, are, we are happy to talk to anybody who's who's got the equipment and willing to come on and talk for for an hour about favourite players. It doesn't have to just be people who know us. Um, just send me a message um, at Ali Thompson84. Um, message the man in the post page, um it'll get to me. Um, the, the more the merrier. I, I really want to keep this going regularly. Now um, I have quite happily said that I have retired from watching. Modern football. Um, I'm no longer watching up to date stuff. Um, So, this is my way to stay with football and reminisce on all these players that we loved growing up. So, I thank you two gentlemen again for joining me and Dave has has bailing me out as a coast as always. No
2: worries, Cheers, Ali.
1: Thank you very much for having me and and, and I'll I'll be sure to promote what you guys do because I think that's a really really brilliant idea Um, I've really enjoyed it it's like that thing they do on Sky isn't it where they get the ex-footballers to write down their teams and it's kind of felt a bit like that and I've really really enjoyed it and you two are proper nice footballing gentlemen so uh, thanks for having me very grateful to spend spent some time with you this evening
0: oh yeah you're far too kind (laughs) (laughs) and oh so anyway that's a a good cry from us and always remember to keep your man in the post